Listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. you're not plugged in, you've got no power. And there are too many Christians today who are powerless and out of control. I remember when I was about 10 years of age, this friend of mine, he made this incredible remote control car. That remote control car, it's like a dune buggy kind of thing, and it would go 30 miles an hour. It's a small little thing. You see them racing them now. And there was one very important instruction that they always told you about those cars, and that was this. Never turn the controller off before the car. Because what happens when you turn off the controller, that which controls the car, the waves that control it, all of a sudden when you turn that off, it begins to pick up frequencies from everything else around. One day we were out and my buddy turned off the remote. Can I tell you, a 30 mile an hour car out of control was very hard to catch. We were running everywhere, we were jumping, that thing was going every which way there was. There were so many of us like that that are not connected to the controller, Jesus Christ, and therefore our lives are out of control. Having incredible potential, can go great places, can do great things, but when we're not in control, or when God, rather, is not in control, then our lives are out of control. And that's why we started last week talking about vision, how we can connect to God, that through vision, well really, more importantly, how God can connect to us through vision. And today I want to deal with prayer, how we can get plugged in through prayer. What a loaded weapon prayer is for every one of us as a believer. But it's amazing how many of us have not even taken a shot yet. We've not even really used it. We haven't even exercised that incredible gift that God has given to us. But prayer is not something complicated. Prayer is not something hard. It's not something that has to be done in a fixed way. In order for our prayers to be answered, we've got to pray like this. We've got to recite this and that. In fact, one of the most answered prayers there is today is this. Are you ready? Help. Help. Come on, anyone ever prayed that prayer? Anyone ever had an answer to prayer when you cried out, just help? You didn't have time to get down on your knees. You didn't have time to put your hands together. You didn't have time to get your Bible out and begin to read and turn your CD on and get an atmosphere of prayer going. You just had to scream out at that moment in time, help! Help me, God. And God heard your prayer. You see, because prayer, in its simplest form, is this, connecting with God. 
Prayer is connecting with God. It's talking to God. It's sharing with God. It's conversating with God. It's telling God, listen to me, prayer is not just telling God about your problems. A lot of us pray when we've got problems. God wants us to tell him about the joys and the happiness and the good times as well as just the bad times. Yes, thank you, God. We can go with him with our concerns and our worries and our needs, but we can go to him also with our joys and what he's doing in our lives. Because prayer really is this. It's including God into your world. Connecting with a God that he can come and meet your needs. I'm really showing my age now, but how many remember that show that used to be on TV, Different Strokes? Well, maybe not as old as I thought. Or maybe you're all older than I thought you were. But remember Arnold sometime? What are you talking about, Willis? Remember Arnold sometime? He would get up on his bunk bed and he would talk to God. And we would laugh as we watched it because he would put his hands together and he'd be so sincere and he would say words like this, Hey, God. It's me again. Do you remember me? And we would laugh about the simplicity of that. But you know what? I've come to realize in my life that's perhaps the greatest prayer that we can pray. That we just come to God in all our faults and in all our failures. Aren't you glad you can come to him despite you? And we can say just to God, God, it's me again. It's me again. God, would you hear my prayer? Because I believe God hears a simplistic prayer. God meets a need like that. It's not all in the eloquence of the words and the phrasing that we use. But it's when it comes from the heart. It's when it's real. It's when it's alive. I want to ask you a question this morning and that is this. Do you and I really know the primary goal of prayer? What is the primary goal of prayer? Most of us probably in here would put up our hands and say, well, the primary goal of prayer is that when I pray something, God will meet my need. The reason I pray and the number one reason I pray is that God will give me those things. Come on, how many would agree that that's perhaps your thought of what the primary goal of prayer is? My hand's up because that's what I've thought for a long time. That, hey, God, I give you my needs and then you've got to answer because you're God. That's what you do. You answer our prayers. But you know what I've realized over the years? And that is this. The primary goal of prayer is not that my needs would be met. And they're important and God knows that. The primary goal of prayer is that our relationship with him would be strengthened and built. The primary goal of prayer is relationship building. That our lives would draw nearer to him. Because prayer is a way that you and I can get to know God. That we can trust him. That we can understand his plan for our lives. Just like with any other relationship. The more time you spend together, the more you know about that person. You know more how much they like and what they dislike. It's the same with God. The more time we spend with him in prayer, talking with him, fellowshipping with him, the more we know and therefore the stronger and greater our relationship will be. I hope today that every one of you as believers today know how important prayer is. When we look at the life of Jesus and his ministry through the Gospels and the Word of God, 
we would see that while he was here on this earth, there was something that we saw over and over again in his life. And that was this, how significant prayer was to his life and to his ministry. I've said this many times before, but if he prayed, I think it shows that we need to pray. If the Son of God, Jesus, had to pray for his life and for his ministry, then obviously there's an importance too that we need to pray. And many times the Bible records how he would withdraw himself alone. He would separate himself from the crowd. He would find a quiet time to get alone and pray with his Father. And through this connection, come on, say with me, connection. 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 Through this connection between his power and prayer life, the connection was very evident. Jesus had power in his life because he prayed. Because of his prayer, Jesus had power. There was a connection between the power and the prayer, the prayer and the power. No prayer, no power. There's no power if there is no prayer. And the disciples and the people around him saw this. They witnessed this. They would see Jesus pray. They would hear his prayer to the extent one day they asked him a question. From Luke chapter 11 verse 1. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. When he had ceased, when he had stopped praying, his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. In other words, we want to pray like you do. We want to see the power accompanied to our prayers. Jesus, when you pray, something happens. Could you imagine watching Jesus pray? The disciples were watching him pray. There was something about this prayer that they were almost chomping at the bit, waiting for him to finish praying, that they could go, ooh, Jesus, teach us how to do that. Because they realized the power of his ministry came as a result of his connection with God. Prayer. 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 In the three plus years, these disciples walked with Jesus. Every day they lived with Jesus. From what I have found, this is the only thing they asked Jesus to teach them to do. Think about that. Oh, they asked him questions and they asked him to increase their faith. We want more faith. They said, God, who's the greatest? They asked, why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we cast out that spirit? They asked him, what do you mean by that parable? They asked him questions, but they only once say, teach us, Jesus. And what did they ask him? Teach us how to pray. That tells me something in three And a half years of them being with Jesus, they realized this. The most important aspect of his life that they needed in theirs was a prayer life. They needed to know how to pray. We need to know how to pray. We need to know, once again, how to connect to God. We need to connect to God. They knew that if they could unlock the secret of prayer... And really, there's no secret to prayer. We just need to do it. You know, still, the number one reason why our prayers are not answered is because they they are not first prayed. You know, the number one reason why our prayers are not answered is because we don't pray. 
We don't ask God. We don't bring them to God. They knew that through prayer, all the teachings, all the preachings, all the healings, all the miracles, everything that they had witnessed, they knew that through prayer would follow them in their lives and in their ministry and what God had called them to do. I'm telling you right now, prayer will unlock your life. Prayer will unlock your life. It will open your life up to the power and the moving of God. Stovall Weems, in his book, The Awakening, says this. He says, I believe that the power Jesus demonstrated in his public ministry was directly related to the prayer life that he had in private. You and I have got to slow our lives down and make time to pray. Bill Hybels wrote an incredible book, and I encourage you all to read it. The title of the book is Too Busy Not to Pray, an incredible prayer book written by Bill Hybels. And Bill Hybels says these words. He says we need to learn how to slow down to once again be with God. We've got to slow down to connect once again to God. Think about our lives. Our lives every day are full throttle from beginning to end. We rev our engines first thing in the morning and we keep it full throttle till we collapse exhausted into bed at night. Do I have a witness in the house? We look how we can cram more in. We look how we can start the day earlier so we can accomplish more. But then we end up working later because it still isn't done. And then we have to take work home. And hold on a second. We even now use our cell phones on the way home or to places. We're scheduling. We're planning. We're doing this and that. It's go, 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 go. And why is that? Because we've bought into the lie that it's because of that kind of performance is the key to promotion, to compensation, to increase, and to power. Is that really true? A life like that, is it going to bring real increase? Is it going to bring real power? Is it going to bring real promotion? Getting up or getting caught up in the intense pace of life, business, finance, work, it can be rewarding. It can be rewarding, but usually with the reward comes the expense of your family, your marriage, relationships, and most importantly, your relationship with God. In all of our busyness, it's amazing how much we can justify how busy we are. We, make it, we think that we're more important because we're busy. I think Bill Hybels in his book, if I remember rightly, said, instead of saying every day to write a list of what to do, you need to write a list of what I don't need to do. What I can delegate, what I can live without, what I can cut off my schedule. Because so many times we pack ourselves and our lives with things that aren't really meaningful. But they're meaningless. But they're taking the place of us connecting with God. They're taking the place of us spending time with God and hearing His voice. We don't have to just be in business and in the workplace to be overcommitted. 
There's always something that can de- demand our attention and time. If you, are a, if you are a mother that has kids and you are working or you're at home, can I tell you right now, don't ever tell someone you are not or you don't have a job. You are working full time, 24-7. I know how Kelly is around the house with five kids. My goodness, people look at her and say, what do you do all day? You don't have a job. There is always something to do in our house. Always something to do. Thank God we've got a big laundry, a big washer and dryer and all that. But I don't know what we would do if we had just one of those small little things. There's always something. My mum would tell my dad years ago, Alan, if there was 22 hours of sunlight a day, you would still work in the dark. It's just how we seem to be sometimes. Just busy, busy, busy. Piling it on, taking this responsibility, that. Oh, I'll be the soccer team mum. I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do that. Maybe we need to release some of those things so we can connect once again with God. Because truly today, let me ask you, where is your time with God? Where is your connection through prayer? Where does that still small voice of God fit into your hectic schedule? When do you allow God God to lead and guide you? When do you allow his voice to correct you and to affirm you? When do you make time for him? I'll tell you when most of us make time for him. When our energies are already spent. Just like that first guy on the video, our prayer time is when we're under the covers at night and we're praying so hard and then the next thing we know the alarm clock's going off in the morning and we haven't even said amen. Because we fell asleep. And you know what we say? God knows my heart. I was sincere. I was doing that. And there's nothing wrong with praying like that. I think you should go to bed every night praying. And normally what you go to bed doing is what you wake up doing in the morning. So if you go to sleep praying, a lot of the time you wake up praying too. I know it works like that for me. But don't let that just be the only time that you give God. If we don't slow down to be with God, how can we truly lead a life that is pleasing to Him? How can we follow someone we barely know? Look what the Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. And it says this, And when He brings out His own sheep, He goes before them, and the sheep follow Him, for they know His voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but they will flee from Him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. What is the most familiar voice of your life? Because the Bible tells us right now, that which is the most familiar is the voice that we're going to follow. You'll follow the voice of that which you know the best. It's no wonder we find ourselves misled. It's no wonder we find ourselves in the wrong places, doing the wrong things, involving ourselves where we've got no business to be. Hello, we're following the wrong voice. We've connected to the wrong source and we've connected to a source that's no power. It's just all smoke and no fire. We're connecting to everything else that's just going to drain us and steal from us. Because there's only one that can give into our lives and that's God. Something else that we've forgotten about prayer and that is this. God wants to speak to us too. Prayer is not about you just talking non-stop. Well, I have 30 minutes of prayer a day. Well, fantastic. How much of that time are you praying? All 30 minutes? Well, what about God? He wants to speak into your life too. 
What would a conversation be with someone if you just talked to them for 30 minutes and you wouldn't let them get a word in edgewise? God wants to speak to you too. You can hear God when you pray. I want you to hear God's heart and cry today as we're dealing with prayer. Because God is saying this, if you really want relationship with me, why are you doing all the talking? Can you just let me get a word in somewhere? And then there's the trap that we fall into. We've got to watch when it comes to prayer. We get to a place that our prayer turns into a legalistic obligation because there's no joy when it becomes like that. Well, I'm going to get up at five o'clock every morning and pray till six. Every day I'm going to get up at five o'clock. And there's nothing wrong with setting that time. But listen, what begins to happen when you don't get up at five o'clock anymore? What happens if you don't? Keep on schedule. If you don't stay the same format, if you don't do this, you know what you begin to tell yourself? God's mad with me. I've disappointed God. It's amazing how that type of mindset and action will literally set you up for a more inconsistent prayer life than a consistent prayer life. Because every time you fail to meet the standards you have set yourself, the more under condemnation you begin to be. And now instead of being excited to pray, it's just a joyless burden and something you almost dread to do. Look what it says in Hebrews 4 verse 16. It says this, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace To help us in our time of need. The message Bible says this. So let us walk right up to him. And get what he is ready to give us. Take the mercy and accept the help. This to me is not painting a picture of someone who's just grudgingly or reluctantly coming into the presence of God and praying and asking God. But the image or the picture I get when I read this, let us boldly come, that there can be joy, anticipation, excitement, just expectancy inside of us, that when we can pray and we can come to God, there's grace for us, but there's everything that we need. Come on, if your prayer is a time where you dread it because, oh no, I've got to pray. Come on, we've got to change our mindset on prayer. Why? Because when it's like that, it's never going to increase our prayer. It's just going to cause a greater inconsistency. That's why I'm saying, keep it simple. Hi God, it's me again. Be real with God. How many people lie when they pray? A whole lot of people. God, I thank you for this day. You're not thanking God for this day. You are mad as fire. You are ticked off and you are angry at God. How would he do that? But yet we come and say, God, I thank God for this day. God, you are so awesome. You're great. Now we know he's awesome and great, but sometimes we don't feel like that. Do I have a witness in the house? Come on, we need to be real to God when we pray. You know what, God, I know you're awesome, but I'm kind of struggling right now. I need you to hit me with some of that awesomeness. I need you to give me an attitude adjustment because things aren't quite where they need to be. Oh, praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. You don't feel like that. You know what you're doing? You're lying to someone who can see right through you. God says in his word, paraphrased, I'll answer a prayer of those who come to me with honesty. Come to me in truth is what the Bible says. 
Those who call on me, but call upon me in truth. Just get real with God. Praise God if you pray five hours a day. That's awesome, incredible. I don't know how you're paying your bills. But I guess you're praying about that. Thank God if you've got an incredible prayer life like that. But you know what? I've said this so many times. If you could just take five minutes a day of quality time where you get rid of the cell phone, you turn the TV off, you just get away from all the hustle and the bustle, and you just turn around and say, God, I'm giving you this day. Would you help me today? And I'm telling you, in five minutes, God can change the outlook of your whole life. So think what happens if you move up to seven minutes and ten minutes and fifteen minutes. You see, we take off too much, and then what do we end up doing? Nothing. Let's ease into prayer. Come on, let's just begin. Every one of us can give God five minutes a day. And I'm telling you, begin to find that joy again of praying. We can come boldly into his presence. I love what the message Bible says, that we can walk straight up to God. Isn't that awesome? Prayer, we can just connect to God. We're right there with God. Connecting to God. And I want to try and help you this morning to help keep your prayer life fresh, alive, and give you, hopefully, a prayer life. Look what it says in James chapter 5 and verse 16, and we're focusing in on the last part of the verse, but I'm going to begin at the beginning. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Some incredible truths right there, and I wished I had time to go into those. But one thing I will say is this, confessing your trespasses to someone else is not going to be the means of your salvation. There's only one that can save you, and that's God. But you know what that speaks of? That speaks about the fact that we're not all perfect and that we've got faults and failures. And when we can be real with ourselves and real with each other, guess what? God can move in and be real with us. Do I hear an amen in the house? And notice what it goes on to say, another incredible passage. It says this, pray for one another that your prayers will be heard. The Bible says pray for other people that you'll be healed. Come on, prayer is not just about me. Come on, do I hear an amen in the house? Prayer is about touching other people. In fact, the Bible says that when Job prayed for his friends, God restored back to him everything that he had lost. And God doesn't just give it back in the same way. He gives it back, pressed down. Come on, shaking together and running over. There's another one, husbands, and that is this. If you don't honor and respect your wives, the Bible says God's not going to hear your prayer either. It's the word of God. Glad you like that, Patricia. Watch out, Fred. Fred, are your prayers being answered? Are you honoring your wife? And the last part of that verse is where I want to focus in on today. It says, the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man or woman avails much. How many want availing much to override your prayer life? That means that when you pray, things begin to happen. Do I hear an amen in the house? That when you begin to seek God, things happen. Well, I'm going to talk for a few moments today about righteous, effective, and fervent prayer. And I'm going to give you three points that every one of you need to apply to your prayer life. Real quick, are you ready? Point number one, His will. His will. This is the righteous part. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That righteousness in there is a key element to the answer to prayer. 
Because of the blood of Jesus, you and I, if we have accepted Christ and asked for forgiveness of sins, the Bible says that we are now righteous. Righteous really is this. We're now in right standing with God. Which means this, that we are completely forgiving and we are completely justified. I love someone said this about justified means just if I had never sinned. We can stand before God just as though we have never sinned. That means we don't stand in our past any longer. We stand in the blood. And because of the blood, guess what? The slate is wiped clean and we stand before God righteous and holy, forgiven. Before God. And you've got to understand that. As a child of God, that's what you are. You are righteous before God. And now, because of that righteousness, you're in right standing with God. You know what we can do? We can now pray in the name of Jesus. Jesus instructed his disciples many times, when you pray, pray in the name of Jesus. But do we really understand what that means? I'm telling you what that means is this. Jesus has given us his name to use. I'm going to try and demonstrate that point to you today. Just imagine a millionaire gives you his credit cards. And he gives you authorization to use anything and everything that's in his bank account. You can use his name and you can use all of his resources to get whatever you need. Do I hear an amen in the house? Praise God. We like that. However, there's a catch. It's always a catch. Everything you did or you do with his money needs to be in line with his tastes and his values. That's what's available to every one of us in a greater capacity through prayer. Everything is made possible. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I said everything. You were excited about the billionaire. You need to get excited now about the one who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. You've got to be thankful for the one who never had a beginning. He's never going to have an end. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the one who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. My wildest dreams. Don't get him out of a box. Come on, get Jesus out of a box. And release him into your life. Jesus has given every one of us as his righteous children, as his sons and his daughters, he has given us all access to all his incredible power and unlimited resources. But whatever we ask has to be in complete and total alignment to his will. It's got to be in alignment to the Father. Because when you pray like that, like what? According to the will of God. God will intervene in every situation of your life. When you're in alignment with God's purposes, with His will, you can ask whatever you want. Can I tell you right now? God will do it. So how do I get in line with the will of God in my life? Point number two. His word. His word. This is the effective part. I thought about this and I laughed when I wrote it down. Let me ask you a question. 
How many of you are glad today that God never said yes to every prayer you asked? How many can throw their hands in the air, perhaps bow them and say, thank God for unanswered prayers. Thank God for my selfishness and everything I wanted that God did not hear that. Because if he did, my God, I would be in trouble today. Come on, we could give an altar call right there. Something else we've got to realize, and this is just a bonus for you right now, just thrown at you. And that is this. No is also an answer to prayer. People keep praying because I haven't got an answer. Listen, no is just as much an answer as yes. And in fact, many times, no is a more loving answer than yes. Because God loves you enough to withhold from you those things that are going to harm your life and destroy your life. You may see them now as what you need, but God knows your end from the beginning. He knows exactly where he's taking you, where you need to be. So therefore, that's why we've got to start praying his will and according to his word. Why? Because his will and word lines us up into the place where... He has designed for every one of us. Man, I feel like preaching in the house today. How can our prayers be effective, Pastor P? Well, here, by knowing God's word. And by his word, your prayers can become effective. Because an effective prayer is based upon his authority and not on my authority. It's based on the authority of his word. So a righteous person praying an effective prayer is a believer in Jesus praying a word-based prayer. Prayer is not about you just getting from God. Remember the primary goal of prayer? But it's you aligning yourself. It's you connecting with God. It's relationship building. And it's as we pray an effective prayer, we align our lives into what God already desires. And wants to do in our lives. Think about that. That's incredible. That we align our lives to what God already desires. And what he wants to do. How often do we get focused on our needs. Our preferences. Our comforts. That we forget to see what God's word says about our situation. Let me give you an example today. It's like a young girl praying and coming and saying. Pastor would you please pray for me. I'm in a relationship. And you know what. We're fighting all the time. And we're just struggling. And I just want God's blessing upon the relationship. And the pastor sits down and begins to get more information. And he realizes something. The young girl is dating someone who's not even a Christian. Listen to me. God cannot answer a prayer. God cannot answer a single prayer that is against his will and against his word. You may get mad at God and you may question, well, God, why did you not answer my prayer? I'm telling you why. Because God has already made clear in such a situation as relationship like that, that we are not to be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. God's word says that. So if God's word says that, how can he bless you in a relationship like that? Come on, I know I'm stepping on some toes today, but you've got to hear what I'm saying. You see, if we want effective, fervent prayer life, we've got to start praying the word of God over our lives. I read a story once of someone coming and, and he's having problems with his wife and he's committing adultery and he's praying and asking the pastor and saying to him, well, I'm just going to leave my wife and I want God. And the pastor looks at him and says, your life will never be blessed. Our lives will never be blessed when we go against God's word. If we begin to pray something contrary to his word, get ready, your prayers are not going to be answered. God will not go against his will. Because going against his will will only promote pain and discomfort in our lives. A prayer like that has no power. 
I wished I had more time, but another example is this. God, would you pay for me? God, I need financial breakthroughs in my life. Well, that's great if you need financial breakthroughs, but can I ask you another question according to Matthew 6, verse 31, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Are you putting God first in your life? You see, many times people plead with God for financial breakthroughs. They want jobs, they want employments, they want benefits, they want all these things, but they constantly neglect to put Him first in a practical way by tithing. Oh no, He just cursed in church. Yes, I did. I said tithing. I like what that guy said in the Republican thing this week, whatever. He said, we're going to change the taxes to 999 because if 10% is good enough for God, then 9% is good enough for the government. I thought that was cool. Not saying that I necessarily agree with it, but I like his thinking. Maybe he should half that thinking a little bit. And then half it again, and then we can all say amen. Thank you, Jesus. But you see, we plead with God for things. But if you want financial breakthroughs in your life, you know what? God's word is very clear of how you get those things. And if we want to live contrary to those, then I'm telling you right now, your prayer life is not going to be answered. Because God will not go against his word. Listen to me and listen to me close. You and I have a very important part to pray in effective prayer. You have a very important part to pray, to play in the fact of your prayers being effective. And you know how? You've got to pray your prayer in alignment to his will and to his words. And this is not works. This is just faith accompanied by action. And lastly, his glory. This is the fervent part. Many have got the righteousness stuff down. Thank God I'm righteous. In the name of Jesus, I know his will. Perhaps you've even got the effect, effective part down and you know it's God's word. That God wants to bless you. That God wants. But you know what? There's also fervency. And you know what fervency is or what it means? Fervency is this. It's about passion to glorify God. That's what fervency is. It's like praise on steroids. It's like giving to God and a whole lot more. James 4 verse 3 says, You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Notice that. Fervency is about glory to God and not just about your benefit. Come on. Fervent prayer is about giving God the glory and the honor as a result. Not just about you getting and me having and God, you answering all this stuff. Because you know what happens? You begin to put the cart before the horse when you do it the other way around. Oh, when he is glorified, can I tell you right now? You'll, you will benefit, but you're not going to benefit the other way around. Our prayer motivator should never just be centered on ourselves so we can have what we need. Think about our prayers. Do you really want to be happy in your marriage? Or do you want God to be glorified in your marriage? I just want happiness in our marriage. Well, thank God that's a great prayer to pray. But you know what? God wants you to go a step further. And that is this. God wants to use your relationship to touch other people. God, I want you to make me rich. Is God going to make that prayer? What does fervency say? God, if you give to me riches, God, I'm going to glorify you with everything that I have. I'm going to use that to sow. Matthew 5 verse 16, that they may see your good works and they may 
glorify your Father in heaven. Notice the key that they see what you're doing, but what happens as a result? God gets the glory. The glory is not ours. Do you want God to be glorified or it's still about you and your image? I just want this so I can brag about the neighbors and all this kind of stuff. I'm telling you right now, we need to want these things so what? That we can make his name great in the earth, that we can give him the glory and the honor and the praise and that we can use that which he's given us to further his kingdom, not just our castle. Building something for ourselves. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Read that verse again. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness first. His glory first. Then you. Come on. We've got it mistaken and around the other way. Oh, I'm going to seek God. And all these things, praise God, are going to be added. His glory first. Come on. His glory first. This is perhaps the number one thing that we are missing from our prayer lives. And that's why so many prayers are unanswered in the way that we hope. Fervent prayer requires a passion for God, but it's a passion for His glory, not ours. For His praise, for His kingdom, for His will to be done. Come on, it's time like never before that we get connected, plugged in through prayer. Connected back to God, slowing down our lives to spend some time that we can once again hear his voice. And that voice will lead us and guide us because that voice will be the voice that we know. Come on, when we pray, we need to pray his will. We need to pray his word. And we need to pray for his glory. Come on, I said we need to pray his will, his word. Why? Because an effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or a woman will avail much. It will accomplish that which it is sent out to do. If we can start praying his will for our lives, our families, everything about us, if we can start praying according to his word, if we can start praying for his glory, can I tell you right now, they are ingredients that will equal answered prayer. Every time for your life. Every time for your life. You mean every time? I'm telling you, every time God will answer a prayer that's according to His will, His word, and His glory. Because the Bible says that. I said, the Bible says that. I said, the Bible says that. Whatever you ask in my name, he said, I will give it unto you. What are we saying? It's his will, it's his word, and it's his glory. Come on. As long as it's according to what he has for us, the skies, the limits on what God has for us. Perhaps you need to pray, change your prayer. Instead of wanting that promotion, start praying, God, I want to give more in the offering on Sunday. I want to glorify you more with that money. And you watch, maybe your prayer will be answered. Or maybe like Sam says, that's not the pathway God has for you. He may have to close some doors to open some others. Sometimes can be hell in the hallway, but guess what? His will, His word, and His glory will see you through every time. But remember this. Strip it all back. The primary goal of prayer is not about you getting what you need. Well, really it is, but not in the sense of the stuff but in the sense of a relationship with him, a relationship builder that draws you nearer to God. Come on, spend time, from the youngest to the oldest, spend time to talk with him. Share with him your life. Discover the answers that he desires to give you in your life. But remember this, those answers only come in alignment to his will, to his word 
and to his glory. It's time we pray. And it's time we start praying right. So that we can get those things that he already has purposed for our lives. And he already has prepared for us. Thank God God hasn't just prepared a place in heaven for us. One day we're going to be there and he's already got that place. But God has prepared things and blessings and opportunities beyond our wildest dreams here on this earth. Come on. His will. His word. His glory. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.